Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 12th of September, 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And um, we got a, uh, we have a full show of googly changes. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it, eh? Yeah, and that's just becoming the mantra. We could include that in the uh, in the intro. Okay, <laughs> these ones are extra googly and a little bit confusing. Um, SEOs and webmasters in the uh, in the audience, this is a good chance to grab scraps, op- open Notepad or a Word document, um, get a piece of paper out and 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 a pen or something. You're probably going to want to keep notes because some of these changes, um, I got a feeling they're going to have a, a much larger long-term effect than Google is suggesting right now. Before we before we get to that, um, anybody who is at Brighton SEO, um, there's a there's a, there's there's a Facebook group in the SEO industry called SEO Buddies, and it was started by I'm um, actually it was started by 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 Dave's wife, Mary Davies. Um, after a uh, well, after a series of of suicides in 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 our sector, and um, a message went up at SEO Buddies today from somebody who was at the Brighton SEO conference. And I'm, I'm not going to use the person's name. Um, I'm going to even try not to reveal the person's gender. But if you're part of the SEO part of the SEO Buddies group, you'll know about this post, and you'll know that this person is at. Uh, is at Brighton SEO right now, and they really, really, really need some community and really need some friends around them. And uh, again, if you're a member of that group, you probably know whom I'm talking about. Um, please, you know, uh, this is what the group exists for. Please be there for that person. Um, yep. You'd be probably doing a, a serious favor. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Um, I did, that, that, again, that doesn't break confidentiality or nothing, does it? No, not at all. No names, no nothing. It's just like a, if you would know, do know, and uh, please, uh, please be there and act appropriately. Exactly. Okay, now we're gonna get into the, the uh, sit down, take notes, um, get ready. But I think the whole show is gonna be devoted to this, that, or whatnot somewhere along these lines. <laughs> if you want to get technical, yeah. Well, we're going to get pretty technical. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening, but the first stuff I think we got we got we got to cover the changes to no follow. Um, again, huge other stuff going down in the industry. It was an insanely busy week, but um, I think it's something that's really going to impact SEOs, um, developers, people who make like uh, you know, like like like. Uh, content management systems. Could you imagine being at WordPress or uh, at Yoast right now? They're like, oh my god, I'll be okay. So, no follow. How long is no? How long has the no follow directive been around? Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say the early two thousands. Yeah, my, my, yeah, I'm thinking two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, but it could be before that, two thousand and five or something. And it was originally developed to stop link spam. Um. You remember back in the blog days when people would like just like invade your comment section and 
go to town talking about how they're making $385 working from home all day. Mm -hmm. Well, Google tried to, uh, the, originally, that's where NoFollow came from. This is a dodgy link. Don't give it any energy off of my page. Um, trying to trying to tame that. Very quickly morphed into trying to tame um, the use of link manipulation to artificially drive um, the, the Google's perception of page rank higher and higher. Um, mm -hmm. Google started saying you can't uh, you can't sell links. You can't uh, uh, any commercial links or a link that that like shouldn't be in that place. Uh, because you made some arrangement with another webmaster, that that's considered a sponsored link, and you got to no follow that, so we don't give it any link juice. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Google, Google forced use of the no follow attribute. That's fair enough to say, right? Yeah, that's that's fair. And I did look it up. Two thousand five. Everybody wondering. You're kidding me, really? <laughs> oh my god, it just feels so old sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know I do. Um, okay. So anyway, so um uh uh. uh Google again uh, uh, sort of forces forces use of the um, the no follow tag. Google has come out in the last couple of no no again since two thousand and five this tag has been bearing a hell of a lot of weight. It's 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 been asked to perform. Um, you know what this this tag is the millennial of 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 uh, tag directives you can give Google because it's doing the job of five people. And then it's it's only one one tag. Um, so Google's decided to introduce uh, a couple other link attributes and to change the way it treats no follows when it sees them on a page. So where do we where do where I mean I guess that's the problem with this story is it's got three or four different entry points. <laughs> what do you think? How should we explain this best? Um like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can leave. Okay, we can start in 2005, work to 2008 when Matt cuts. I think it was 2008 when page rank sculpting doesn't work. We've talked about that a few times. Don't page rank sculpt people. It doesn't work and hasn't for like a decade, uh, <laughs> which is for folks, it's putting a no follow on a link, an internal link in your site going, I don't want to pass page rank there. That's fine. You don't have to, but it just evaporates. It doesn't go anywhere. So don't do it. <laughs> it's a horrible idea. Um, I guess the, the 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 point of it was to sort of stop the flow of page rank from from point A to point B. Yep. Um, historically, so yes, Google had said as you know has has hit all the engines. Like basically, put this on like sponsored content or link. You know, people would use it in their uh, um, you know blogs on comments to go. I don't know who's posting, and I don't want to moderate that side of things. So I'm going to put no follow and just go. It, it is what it is, and I, I'm not voting for it, right? Like, basically, this isn't my – I'm not backing this, but I'm allowing them to be a, a member of our blog, and we happen to link out to the owner's sites, right, or, or the person who's posted sites, um, which is fine. And now they're getting a, a lot more clarification and then going, yeah, we're treating the nofollow as a suggestion, <laughs> not uh, not uh, sort of the gospel yeah, um, so they're, they're being told to listen to. It used to be that no follow was a directive. You were telling Google straight up, do not pass link juice from A to B. Um, now it's a hint. And um, in some ways it could it could be a beneficial hint for SEOs. Um, 
before Google, if, if Google saw a dodgy link, a link that was clearly uh, sold or sponsored and it wasn't, um, it wasn't marked no follow, you, the webmaster, might catch trouble for it because Google had to, you know, Google had to use a coercive technique to punish somebody and you were the person they had in their hands. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's not entirely fair, though. I mean, like, uh, in, 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 in the case you mentioned, Dave, you got a blog and people are putting um, their own content up there, um, user-generated content. Maybe maybe one of those links, none of, none of which are commercial, maybe one of those links would actually be useful for users. And maybe maybe a little bit of juice from my site should pass on to, to this site because it is actually useful. Google's got a new tag for that. It's the rel equals uh, UGC, user-generated content. Rel equals UGC. That, too, will be a hint. It's not going to give you a ranking boost. It's not going to give the person that you're linking to, the, site, the page or site you're linking to, a ranking boost necessarily. Google's calling it a hint. And uh, when Google starts throwing around four-letter words like hint, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe it means they're 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 using it. Maybe it means they're not using it. They're they're not saying. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of the word hint? I, I I think it actually it does make sense, and it hits the the nail on the head to what you were saying. Um, to me, the way I interpret it, we have a client. I'll, I'll list a, an exact example where it's like, yes, user generated content should actually pass value. Um, and we have a, a client who does soap making supplies. Mm-hmm. So and and we post as as part of our you know efforts with them. Um, well, we don't actually. They have they have some writers that do it, but we sort of orchestrate it all, um, making sure they have good tutorials out there on here's how these things work, and you know here's how much lie to use. And I didn't know this. Hey, use steel, not uh, or or use glass, not steel, because lie right like just these weird like lie like absorb in and, and wreck things. Now I know, right? But these are things people wouldn't know. Well, they got a lot of links, but all those, a lot of those links were from forums. Now, these are active forums without, like, well, I'm sure they have some spam in them, but these were not spam links. These were people trying to help people. And all of them are no-followed. It's like, okay, now they're passing nothing. Well, Google, to me, this almost shows a sign of Google gaining a little confidence in themselves to go, okay, now we understand what's user-generated. Now let's take a look at the context ourselves rather than having a simplistic system, which they would have back in you know 2005 going, okay, we don't really understand what's around it. So scrap it all. Now, if they're confident in their machine learning systems, they're confident in their sort of natural language systems. Okay. Now we can start to, you know, they can start to extrapolate from that, which one makes sense. Oh, okay. People are asking, you know, how the heck do I do this thing? And you know, how the heck does this work? Okay, here's, you know, it's a link. It happens to go to a tutorial on that technique. Should pass value, whereas the other ones shouldn't. So, you know, where if it's just like a, hey, come and play poker here, that one shouldn't. <laughs> so I, I think it might give the, you know, will it weigh off and give a little less weight? Probably for now, but I, I think it's sort of helping them learn to understand a, a little bit and a reflection of them perhaps thinking, we'll see if they do, but thinking they do understand a little better what's going on. Uh, sort of behind the curtain and what actually should be valued and, and which shouldn't. And if they can go, okay, all of these are this kind of link, great. Now they, they can sort of put it to a different algorithm to sort of extrapolate what from that now should count and which of that, um, you know, is probably just spam. 
Now that in, in that context, we were talking about user-generated content, stuff that a third party is putting up on your website or maybe a social site or, or what have you, okay? Yeah. There are times when you – it's your website. You If you want to sell a link, you can sell a link. Mm-hmm. It's only cool doing that. You just have to let Google know this link is here because a financial tr- transaction took place. And Google's directive, the way, the, the way they've told us to do it is to you know just note in, in plain language this is a sponsored link by saying sponsored link. Well, now, now they've come up with the rel equals sponsored for paid and sponsored links. Again, remember, no follow, the way it used to be, no follow was carrying all this weight. It was doing doing three different jobs. Google's trying to separate that. Now uh, you have rel equals sponsored for paid and sponsored links, rel equals UGC for, for user-generated content. And when you just don't know what to do, but you don't know about that link, you can still use rel equals no follow because it still exists. Now, the way it stands uh, today, or as of the beginning of this week, um, rel equals sponsored UGC or no follow. They're not they're not used for crawling or indexing, but they are used as a hint for 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 ranking. Um, so it's not going to affect whether it gets crawled or whether it gets indexed. It's going to be crawled or indexed. It just affects how Google perceives and feels and treats that link. As of March first, twenty twenty, that changes. And um, Google might use your rel equals sponsored, your rel equals uh, user generated content, UGC, or rel equals no follow as a hint for whether it should crawl or, uh, or index the page. So, and by the way, um, no guarantee what Google's going to do. Like, 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 like you said, Dave, it's making a, a lot of bets on its own intelligence, right? Right. It's also going to continue using uh, rel equals sponsored, rel equals UGC, and rel equals no follow as a hint for rankings. One last, okay, two last things. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why Google does this sometimes. Okay, this is an important thing. You can mash attributes together. For instance, rel equals no follow sponsored is completely valid, which is important to know. If you got a paid link. You got to use no follower sponsored. Um, you, you still got to mark them. You still got to let Google know. Now, here's the part where I don't get it. Here, here, here's where I get confused. If you want to leave everything exactly as it is, Google's cool with that too. Just keep using no follow. Why would they do that? <laughs> like, seriously, like, um, Google's cool for now if you just don't do anything. Are they really that cool? Like, I don't know. Hey, you know what? I, I think they sort of have to be in a weird way because there's so many people that aren't listening to our show, right? Who who aren't, you know, hanging on Google's every word going, what comes next, Google? Right? Like, all our listeners are, right? Like, that's why they're listening. You and I are. Our peers are. But my dad isn't. You know, Mary's dad isn't. He runs, like, you know, a, a little site. <laughs> These people aren't. Um, to help them, and uh, word came out from, from your friend and mine, Juste Bach, um, that WordPress in the next release, and I love this, is adding in the UGC. Yep. Um, uh, by the way, as is Yoast. Uh, Yoast, Yoast tool will also, yeah. will also be able to deal with taking attributes and stuff. But yeah, WordPress itself is going to have user-generated content uh, baked right in uh, for, for all blogs. Which is just great. And I think that's to help the lowest common denominator. Right, like people who aren't 
paying attention. People are like, I don't know. And I just enabled no follow because, you know, my web designer told me to three years ago when I had our site built, um, you know, and this will sort of help them keep fresh. The only people that won't help are people who aren't updating WordPress, but they've got, you know, uh, other problems going on. <laughs> if you're not updating your, you know, plugins and WordPress, the least of your problems is whether you're using no follow or UGC properly. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure all of our listeners who have WordPress sites are, you know, diligent enough. I know I had to talk to a client yesterday. I'm like, cause we're passing off the site and they're sort of, they're working on their own. They were just coming to us for a fix thing. And I'm like, yeah, set your calendar once a week, make sure you update these things. And then to the owner, cause I was talking to their developer and then to the owner, I'm like, yeah, realistically it only has to be done every couple weeks probably. Right. <laughs> but I'm saying every week so that when they skip one over the holidays, <laughs> like they have to feel bad about it. <laughs> you know, do one, uh, make sure to get on it as, as soon as they can after that. Right. I mean, it's not something you have to actually do. I'm on the flight. Maybe you should, in some cases you and I stick up on security and it's like, Oh, okay, well something big's happening. Um, but you know, if it's just like, okay, there's a feature update that you don't need, whatever, right? Like update it, but <laughs> don't worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the, the, the how serious it, it's kind of being taken now, as, as, uh, Just was saying, it's, you know, on their end, it's easy, right? They just have to go, oh, okay, it's no longer, you know, switch nofollow UGC and we're good to go. <laughs> on the WordPress side, it's actually fairly easy. They can make a global change with, uh, to something like that fairly, fairly quickly. They're probably like, yeah, of all this stuff you guys ask us to do, this is nothing, but. Um, well, reaction from the, from the SEO community was pretty swift. Um, the, the, the change gets announced on Monday. Uh, SEO, they could take a day to, to, to digest it by Tuesday. Roger Monty is compiling um, furious tweets com uh, put out by like, people in the SEO community. And then he, he got a, he got sort of like a hot take article um, up at Search Engine Journal. Again, it was published on the 10th, but it's it, it's worth looking at uh, to see people's uh, reactions. I like Alan Blyweiss' reaction, um, pointing out that there's like zero incentive to force publishers or to, uh, to, to, to get webmasters to adopt to adapt to the new nofollow changes. It does not have a direct or significant impact on rankings. Um, it's not a forced change. Uh, Google claims it's not, not going to, you know, cost you, cost you uh, rankings if you don't do it, but it will cost revamping entire content management systems, training, training teams to accommodate. Uh, we'll have to train our clients to know um, what tags to apply. Should they be given a choice of tags to apply, say from like a drop down or something? Um, so yeah, I guess I don't know. I think I see what Google's trying to accomplish with the, uh, with the new attributes, but the rollout leaves me going, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> it is, it is a little funny. And, um, Jenny Halaz, uh, just earlier today had posted just to give a, a contact. I guess she was in her, uh, in her old search console, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, but she was in there looking at her time spent downloading a page. I can just tell from the screenshot that she posted on Twitter that, okay, we're dealing with old console and that what she was, what she was referencing. Um, but the day after announcing there's this spike in time spent downloading a page and she's like, come on guys, <laughs> you should give us a little advance warning before you're sort of like announcing and opening the floodgates. Uh, of course, John and, uh, and Danny are in there and it's like, it's not a test. There's no reason. Must be, must be an accident to which I of course had to respond. Well, why, why is it an accident when, when you all do 
something very timely and suspicious, but suddenly there's a, a spike in spam links and we get a manual penalty, right? <laughs> it's like, why do you guys get a pass on something that looks super suspicious? Um, and we don't, I, I don't know whether it was suspicious or not, but her, her crawl rates look pretty steady until then. And then suddenly they announce this and there's a spike. So it, it's pretty suspicious. It is correlation, not causation necessarily, but it's suspicious correlation, <laughs> not spurious correlation, suspicious correlation. You know, are you saying it looks and looks and walks like a duck? Yeah. <laughs> Walks like a duck. We missed it. Oh my goodness. I walked all over our audio clip. Damn. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. <laughs> okay. Who's the more foolish? Fool or fool who follows it? That was Obi-Wan asking, who's the fool? The fool or the fool who follows them? Oh, it sounded funny. Honestly, it did. Okay, you know what? We gotta take a break. We gotta take a break here, Web Culture. We got so much more to talk about. It is the twelfth of September, twenty nineteen. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Web College recorded live to podcast on uh, again the twelfth of September at WebmasterRadio.fm. Stick around. More coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International is back once again on November 17th to the 24th. Hundreds of thousands of book lovers embark on downtown Miami to meet and hear from some of the world's renowned book authors. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International will include best-selling authors including presidential historian Douglas Brinkley, legendary record producer Peter Asher, former CIA official Philip Mudd, and New York Times best-selling author Lori Gottlieb. The 2019 Miami Book Fair International, November 17th to the 24th. Go to MiamiBookFair.com for more details and listen for featured interviews with the authors leading up to the book fair exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and KD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 12th of September 2019. This is Jim Hedger from Jarvis Media, Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, just before we went to break, you noted that uh, Jenny Haslis was uh, taking screenshots that came out of the old Google Search Console. Yes. If I were you, I would take a screenshot of that screenshot. <laughs> that's going to be a collector's item sooner than later you know <laughs> um, you can't do that anymore um, 
as of this week, uh, old Switch console is dodoed. It's 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 shuttered. It's um, it's gone. It's gone the way of the uh, 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 CompuServe. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I ended up having to put out a tweet going, "Hey, don't forget to to save a bookmark to the legacy tools because they are still available, but you need to know how to get." <laughs> you need a link to get to them, which I find a, a gross oversight on on Google's part because there's actually some key information in there that I understand they're going to move over, but they haven't. So you need to leave that link, right? But they didn't. <laughs> they're trying to force us all over, and um, you know, hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be fast. Things like the the crawl reports that were like as Jenny was was showing them, um, stuff like that. That's just handy for uh, well for applications like this. There is a uh, new option, an option in the new uh, uh, search console. It's called Legacy Tools and Reports. You'll be able to access them via uh, links to uh, international targeting, removals, crawl stats, messages, uh, URL perimeters, and web tools. Those links may or may not work if you have if you set up say like domain properties uh, in new search console. They're probably your old stuff. Probably ain't gonna work. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, <laughs> um, what the good Google giveth, the good Google taketh away. It's amazing how this happens. Because um, you're right. I mean, like it's a link. Provide us a link. Like, um, what do you want people to do? Maybe go use the same sort of tool over at Bing. Because well, that's how you get people to go use the same sort of tool over at Bing. I well, that, that's sort of the thing, right? Like, I, I get that. I think they were trying to pull us away from going to the old Search Console interface. You know what? Fair enough. I mean, you, you want everybody to get used to this thing. But maybe just have a page like they have their legacy tools page, which I do have in my bookmarks now, just because some of those tools are still useful. Mm -hmm. And they, they should just have replaced that old console with, like, a link to our legacy tools and just have a list where you can go in and see their legacy tools and you know, use them if you if you need to, um, you know, URL removal tool or, or whatever it is that you're you're trying to to get out of, uh, um, you know, get out of the index or or see your coverage reports and the way um, you know Jenny had been posting them, which is extremely helpful. <laughs> you can get in your log files or whatever, but but it's nice to see from Google what Google's doing. Um, so yeah, I, I I do have a problem with it. You know what? You bring up a good point, and I, I've I've talked about it before. I'm gonna bring it bring it up again. Um, for folks who don't have Bing Webmaster Tools, you probably know, know right where I'm going. A lot of people sort of overlook Bing Webmaster Tools because they're like, Bing is not as important. I, I'm not going to debate that. There, there is no debate. <laughs> when it comes to using Search Console, you need to. That's, that's, that's just it. Um, but Bing Webmaster Tools gives you a whack of information. So anybody who doesn't, hasn't verified their site with, with Bing Webmaster Tools, actually, they I think it was like a week ago added in a, a feature. If you verified in Google, you can actually just automatically do it through Bing now, right? Like we talked about that. I think it was last week of the week. It before. was last week, for sure. Um, where you can just, yeah, make it, it'll just happen. You use your Google login and it'll go, oh, okay, you can do this. Um, do it. Their, their, their tools are in my I would say humble, but it's not really that humble. Um, in my apparently not humble opinion, it is a superior tool set for understanding your site health. Like they just give you a, a far deeper look at different areas of your site. Um, so if you don't, yes, you don't have to like worry as much, but when you're doing a site audit and you're trying to find your technical problems, you're trying to see what's going on in your site, 
um, Bing Webmaster Tools is uh, is a is a fantastic tool set. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. They're you know on on my tool list, and we all use them, right? Like SEMrush or whatever. Um, and I, I'm trying to switch to SEMrush because because Melissa said so. Um, <laughs> she works there, so I figure you know she probably knows. Um, you know, it, it, going back to the SEMrush and, and SEMrush on my list of tools, Bing comes in. A heck, right? Like it's, it's Google, then Bing, and, and Google's only because they're Google, and I need to know what Google thinks uh, of a site. Um, but right after that, in, in tool sets, um, you know, another, another to, kind uh, of alternative alternative reason to be using a, a Bing Bing Webmaster tools. What's that? Think of all the how to say this. Um, it gives you a competitive advantage in that your reports look a lot fuller and they look a little bit different. Um, your you're bringing in different sets of stats that other SEOs, maybe, maybe only half of the half of your competitors are using. And so, you know, when you're when 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 your client is stacking your report up against the last SEO that they fired two years ago or two months ago, mm -hmm. you look a lot smarter. Well, I had an opportunity. I was sharing a stage. She's been on our show with with Christy Olson from Bing. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, and I'd never seen sites that were like a, a real mess, right? Like, as normally I was putting in Bing and it was on sites that I had been managing for a while, right? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I should do Bing, right? But it was all clients we'd been managing for a while. So there wasn't these huge, disastrous messes. It did tell me stuff I didn't know about the structure of the site. But th there weren't these, these chaoses. Well, turns out if you work at Bing at like a super high level, I'm sure they're like, hey, I'm an intern, doesn't get accesses like this. I think there's like three people at Bing who have, have her access levels, which you can just go and, and look at the webmaster tools of people, <clears throat> which makes sense because she's, she's at that level that she's trying to fix problems and, and help with, with crawling and stuff like that. The things that they could see, because we were just doing a live audit. So she's like pulling out, I'm looking over her shoulder as she's pulling up data on these sites through Bing webmaster tools. It's become a mainstay of audits at this point, like just the data she saw of a mess versus <laughs> what, what we would normally have, have seen. Like if you were just running, you know, screaming frog or whatever, um, what they haven't, believe it or not, their crawlers are better than most tools, right? <laughs> they have a lot of money in crawlers um, and, and the data it gives. So if you're, if you're doing audits at all, uh, Bing Webmaster Tools will give you more information than you will know what to do with, which can be a problem. I know I just completed an audit and had to quote another one and went, well, I need to up my price because this is about to be a real mess. Um, but um, it, it provides you just, just incredible data. And to your point, just because you want to keep a client, I, I never actually thought of it from that perspective, but you're, you're probably so right, is you have data that other people aren't reporting. Yep, and, yep. and that just inherently will make you look good. Now, hopefully you're acting on that data, but which I'm sure you are. Um, but sometimes it's just, here's, here's the world around you. And here's what I can see that you've never seen that before. Dude, let me tell you something. This is just, this just happened to the last couple of weeks. And okay. That, this isn't, this is observational. Okay. Like, like completely unscientific. This is just something Jim saw and it made him go, Hey, that's kind of cool, but that's it. Okay. This is like, like, like just observation. Okay. Okay. I helped a client remove a whole spaghetti tangle of a, of a serious mess in a, uh, there's, there's multiple levels of mess in this website. I, I don't mm -hmm. want to get too far into it because I don't want the, the client to hear and think I'm, I'm telling secrets. Okay. Okay. But here's the neat thing. They were being, they were being indexed. So, so, so I worked on them maybe, maybe three weeks, uh, a month ago, three weeks ago. And the last week I noticed they, they weren't being, the, 
before they were being uh, crawled by the desktop index. After figuring out the spaghetti of a mess problem and making their page load a hell of a lot faster and, and, and a bunch of other issues, they're now being uh, spidered by and, and crawled by the mobile index. Mm. I wonder if – did I see something significant or is, is that coincidental? What do you think? Hey, you know, it, it's like uh, John and Danny's quotes to Jenny, right? <laughs> they, they, you can claim that it's, it's coincidence, but it's sure suspicious coincidence. Um, the yeah, so, yeah, exactly the the timing. So, and it, these are one of them. We have a lot of them in SEO. A surprising number because I'm surprised at how often I say this, and it deals a lot with UX. Is CTR a ranking signal or not? And this is another one of those scenarios where it's like, you know what? We we can think it is. We can not think it is. At the end, it doesn't matter. You still need to do the same thing, right? Like you you've locked into something, going, hey, I fixed a mess, and then this good thing happened. Well, even if that good thing didn't happen because you fixed the mess. Next time you hit it, you're going to fix that mess. Now it may produce a different result, but you still fix the mess. <laughs> and so good things are still going to happen, whether it's switching indexes or whatever, good things are going to happen. So clean up your mess, right? Like if I didn't clean up my office, it would be a disaster, right? So you clean it up and good things happen. I can be productive. <laughs> like, like cockroaches. Yeah. But <laughs> That kind of brings me to the next thing uh, 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 that, that we saw. Uh, I saw out there during this week. Uh, did you see that story about um, uh, John Mueller is answering questions saying uh, H1s and H2s are not going to make or break your ranking? <laughs> yeah. People don't understand um, the concept of signals. <laughs> see, there's nothing you can do specifically that will improve your rankings. There's not one single thing you can do that will improve your rankings. There's a whole bunch of things you can do in conjunction with each other that, you know, show that you're, you know, have a good website and you've built a good web and you've got good information and you've done a whole bunch of stuff, but not one of those single things individually gave you the ranking. Right. So when I see a headline or I see that, 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 that reads like that, or I see that, that John Mueller had to answer a question like, uh, well, H1 or H2 is like, you know, fix my ranking problems for me. It kind of drives me crazy because that means that the last 23 years of talking about stuff hasn't really done much. Yeah, it, it, it all is. It, yeah, you've done audits. I've done audits. Some of it is a little bit about context, like, and we didn't have the full context. If somebody's coming in, because I've given that advice to people, I'm like, okay, your your heading tags are a disaster, but they're coming from position six. Right, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a very helpful signal, but that alone won't do it. That, exactly, exactly. And I was just sort of like rolling my eyes, going, okay. It, hopefully, this person wasn't going. Is there? Does Google operate on one signal and its heading tags? <laughs> hopefully not. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a PSA that should not have to be given out, heading tags <laughs> won't take you from nowhere to position one. Although. <laughs> You're not using them you really should be because it helps clarify your content and it does provide a signal to google this is the context or topic that we're talking about in this paragraph yeah and it, i'm just gonna just talk about a, a little rant that i've said before and i'll, I'll say it again uh, if you've had a freshly designed site or if you're a web designer please take this as a don't ever do this because it, it's going to just irritate the heck out of dave if he ever gets his hands on this site uh, 
Heading tags are not a styling element. <laughs> They're not meant to be used in a navigation because, hey, it's easier to color things if I just make the entire top heading of a navigation in H2 and then create that style to be a certain way. No, they're not heading elements. Use them properly, folks. They're meant to divide a page. I like to think of it like a book, right? My headings. And I'm like, okay, I've got my title. That's the front cover. I open that up. Oh, okay, it's probably about the same thing. And that's my heading tag. Okay, and then I've got my chapters. Those are my, you know, H2s. And then I might have subsections. Those are my H3s or H4, right? Like, it's a logical structure of a site. <laughs> so, and you can have just an H1 and then a bunch of H2s or whatever, right? Like, they, they can be structured in any sort of order. Um but they're meant to actually define what is the priority of this section relative to the section before it. Right. So please, please designers do it, do it right. And if you've had a new site designed, just take a look at your source code and see where those headings are being used and if they're appropriate. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. And, and, and if an, if an SEO is, is selling you uh, a panacea, like this one thing will fix all your problems. Um, refer them to uh, John Mueller because apparently he loves talking to people like that. Actually, don't. No, no, I didn't say that. Let me scratch that. That's going to be a cut from the cut from the podcast, or we're going to get trouble. Um, speaking of people who's got trouble, <laughs> nearly fifty states' attorneys, attorney generals, join an antitrust investigation of Google. Mm-hmm. This is one I, honest to goodness, have not been following. What the heck? I mean, I, I know I, you don't ask me how I missed this, but I haven't cared. What the <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't blame you. And I was lucky. I only sort of, I know the gist and, and the topical level and it is exactly as you were talking in the intro of the show. It's been a week and there's a bunch that impacts my clients that's been going on. So, of course, that, <laughs> that's what I'm having to pay attention to. Not that this doesn't, but... Um, yeah, it's to, to manage what I find really, really interesting about this um, is that it turns out that Google is pretty much the only thing that can, that can unite parties across the board. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, and uh, Facebook is also being um, investigated uh, by a multi-site action led by New York. Um, for, for folks who, who are interested in like a deep dive, there's a lot of links through and those are the links I haven't followed all of them. Um, but over on, uh, I was going to say SEL, but I'll say search engine land for our listeners who might not know SEL is just SEL, um, over by Greg Sterling. Now it's from back on the ninth. So it's a few days old. So you might have to dig a little bit for it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the States have piled on, um, and basically Google's being investigated and I think good, right? I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I like Google. I think they're a, they're a fine company. But you're um, that hotel thing on the carousel, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of that and how much real estate that thing's taking up and you have to pay your way into it and they don't disclose that. But, uh, okay, that's a different rant and that should be under investigation as well, but but totally different. But that's actually kind of it. They're under, they're under it for anti-competitive behavior. Yeah. Well, and, that's, and that is, you know, you take up a big chunk of the real estate right above the fold and then you go, oh, yeah, but we buried Expedia down there, right? Like, nope, that's not how, the, that's not how competition works. Um, a person I would love to have on, and we will drag him on. He's, he's a regular on our show anyway, but we'll drag him on for at least one of the segments next week to, to really dig in, um, is Jeremy Knopf, who I know is, well, as soon as I posted this, he's like, that's going to be great for one of my presentations. I'm like, okay, well, great. I should have actually arranged it for this week. But um, what the impact of that will be longstanding is going to be interesting. Do they settle? Do they, which they'll probably settle. 
Um, you know, what ends up coming of it, we'll see. But to me, just for the healthy economy, even if nothing came of it, like even if they're found to be cutting it, like you just sort of skating that line and they're sitting on the fence, but they, they managed to not. To me, I think it's good that they're under the microscope and that if nothing, they're going to be questioning what they can do next. Right. And, and, you know, if, if they're like riding that fence right now, there's certainly enough that 50 states are on board. So there's enough of an argument um, that all 50 across all party lines are, well, I guess the two party lines, I'm thinking Canadian politics here with multiple parties, but across the two parties across the board, there's been enough that they're like, yeah, we're in. Now, maybe they just saw the, uh, was it Johnson Johnson settlement for like half a billion and going, Hey, yeah, great. Google has money. Um, <laughs> But it'll be interesting to see, and I do think putting Google under a microscope from time to time and going, okay, let's investigate, just to keep them on their toes and going, okay, we now know that the line is right there and we can't go further. That I do like, because I do think we need, you know, Google's a great property. You know, the hotel ads, I hate them as me, but if I'm a visitor, do I? Yeah, I hate them as a marketer. That, that's very different than Dave as a user. <laughs> I still think it scores on anti-competitive behavior. But it does because they don't have an inroads to it for just anybody to go, well, here's my feed of properties. I'm not paying you, but here's a feed of properties, prices, and availability. Right? And if they did that, then all of a sudden it would be different. But then Google would have to go the a different color icon for Google vetted, right? Or whatever, right? Like Google or whatnot. But they, they would have to, to accommodate that. And that's where I think these sort of investigations lend themselves well and sort of go, okay, Google, pay, pay attention here, folks. And yeah, you're going to have to let like, I'm going to name Expedia again, but there'd be other providers. And you're just going to have to let anybody who has a feed of their properties into this and you need to treat them equal. Um, you know, as a user and as somebody who is like looking for properties from time to time, right. Hotels or, or whatever, when you know off to PubCon, let's look for a hotel. Um, you know, I would find that more helpful if more was involved than just the people who ponied up to, to be involved in one of their um, hotel ads partners um, to, uh, to to sort of put their feet in because you, I think you need 30,000 units or something like that to do it yourself, right? And even then you still have to pay, <laughs> but otherwise you have to join one of their partners, pony up to them and pony up to Google, right? Like it, it's just, it's really, really expensive to get in there. I have clients who won't do it just because it's so expensive. Um, to get in there. So if you have less than 30,000 properties. Okay. On that, we're, 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 we are, we are cutting time here. We got to take another break, another commercial break on, on Webcology on Webmaster Radio FM. So friends, you are listening to Webcology recorded live to podcast on the 12th of September, 2019. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Stick around. We've got another couple segments coming up. before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. 
Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. And uh, the theme of the show this week has been the good Google given and the good Google take it away. And, uh, <laughs> in, in, in this story, the good Google was going to take it away, but they're kind of postponing it until October 7th. Um, Google Ads postponed switching search and shopping campaign to standard delivery. Um, Dave, you were reporting on this a couple of weeks ago. They were going to um, make a change on September 17th, so like uh, next Tuesday. Now they're holding off till October 7th. What, what's up? Yeah, I, uh, obviously something is going wrong, or they're hearing that we hate them. <laughs> um, I, anybody who remembered our, our first reporting knows I hate this. Um, and it, you know what, it, we'll, we'll go, uh, I'll just give a quick explanation of the different in, in the delivery type and what they're, what they're, what they're switching and what, what has switched for, for those involved in, in paid search. So we have our accelerated delivery, um, which is quite honestly what I tend to use, especially early on in campaigns when I'm just setting them up and I want to get a feel for things. And that basically means they're going to punch your ads out as fast as humanly possible. Um, this is a great way in my, in my eyes, anyway, a great way to work when you have a fixed budget that will remain fixed. So somebody comes into you and goes, I got a hundred bucks a day, right? Whatever that may be, it might be 10 bucks a day, might be a hundred, might be a thousand, whatever it is. It's a great way to figure out what you should be bidding there because you can go, okay, what time of day does this run out? Run it for a couple of weeks. You'll know how it, it relates to, to the time of week. And you can go, okay, I can drop my bids, right? And then drop your bids a little bit. And, 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 you know, then, you know, you know, okay, I've dropped those. Now it runs out at whatever, 11 o'clock at night. Fantastic. That's when it should run out. <laughs> that's I, I want it running out at the last possible second. So that's why I love accelerated is it gives me that opportunity to go, okay, let's just drop our bids. I have a feeling that there were enough of us doing that that Google went, no, we're going to standard and they're forcing it to, to standardize across. Now, what that means is they're going to spread your clicks out. So you may not show up at three in the afternoon because they're trying to spread that out over the whole day. Um, so it gives you a little bit less control over sort of monitoring when it caps out at the end of the day. Now, 
Um, to counter that for, for, for listeners who are like, okay, well, that kind of sucks. And, and now I need to counter that. You can look to your search impression share and go, okay, if my search impression share is, is you know, 60%, okay, let's draw my bids a bit, right? Base it on your, your search impression share instead. Fine, no, no problem with that. There is a mechanism for dealing with it. I just don't like any time. Really, anytime Google takes control away <laughs> from me and what I want to accomplish as my goal. Um, and so I don't like that. They are pushing that back. Uh, I think it's October 7th now um, is when they're just going to automatically switch all your campaigns over. So if you have a campaign um, that is set to the accelerated delivery, you know, you might as well shrink it in advance in a controlled fashion or set a reminder that'll like pop up on your computer um, on that date to go, okay, we start measuring right now what happened. And it'll be interesting a week later go, okay, what, let's, let's look at our week over week traffic and, and start to analyze what might've changed between these two points. It may work better. Like in their defense, if you're running accelerated and not paying attention, like when I'm doing it, I'm like looking every day, run it for a couple of weeks, pay attention every day, and then adjust as necessary. If you just set it accelerated and then walked away, this could be a big advantage for you because if most of your conversions would have happened at six at night, but your budget was running out at four, now it's spread out of the day. So your conversion rate may go up. Fantastic. But we're not getting that chance to, to sort of weigh things off. Um, the way we would. So I don't like it for control for people who set a campaign and wander away and set it to accelerate it and forgot, right? They didn't understand what they were checking and then just did it. Um, you know, it, it may work out a, a bit better for them. I think personally, I think this is them further trying to push people into the automated bidding systems, right? Where, okay, I'll just let Google try and maximize my conversions and, and stuff like that, which that's a whole show. We'll bring on Frederick Belays, who just wrote a great piece on that. Um, and we can, we can sort of go over, um, the ins and outs of, of them. And I'm running a test on a campaign right now and it's going abysmally, but I talked to the client and he wants to keep running it that way. He's okay with losing money right now for this test, but I'm like, I would switch it, but he wants to run it longer. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, well, we got three weeks and it sucks. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's, I, I don't like the amount of control Google's taking away. Um, I liken this to their move in the, uh, smart display ads. Um, they won't let you block apps. So I just, well, screw you and pause the entire campaign because it was all feeding to apps, right? It's just like you take away my control and now you're getting nothing. And and that's a problem with, with these sorts of switches is if it's not in my favor, you've just lowered my ROI or, or the ROI for clients, which leads directly to mine. And yeah. I'm going to make the decision for the client's benefit. And, and if it doesn't work, we can do this anyway, but there are workarounds to it, right? You can do bid adjusts at different times a day, which you should be doing anyway, but um, you know, it, it's going to require a little more management, which I don't like because when I'm calculating my cost per acquisition to clients, I'm bringing in my cost, right? Like I don't just look at Google's cost. I mean, I do report that, you know, you had a $30 cost per acquisition to Google. Okay. Now let's add in what I charge right? and now start to do these. Oh, okay. Your cost per acquisition is now whatever, $37, right? Okay. That's what it's costing you right now with these new systems. It's going to increase what. I charge so it'd better produce a, a much better result on their cost per acquisition on Google side because somebody has to pay for me and it shouldn't be my client in, in a weird way. Like they are paying for me, but they should get the reward out of this because their overall cost per acquisition, including time and management should remain stable. And, and I don't see that happening in this one. Okay. 
we got about five minutes left. We got a couple more stories we got to get through. Um, one that, that I think we can go through really fast. Um, Google wants us to speed up uh, 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 website rendering time, uh, mobile universe, all that sort of stuff. Um, lazy loading is a technique that allows you to uh, prioritize the loading of images or say JavaScript so you can have the rest of the page load, have a functional, uh, a, I guess, minimum viable product, minimum viable page to give to the user so at least it's working on their mobile device um, while the other content loads, again, other JavaScripts or images. It's called lazy loading. Uh, Google has designed a WordPress plugin called Native Lazy Loading. Um, you can uh, uh, search plugins uh, uh, for native, native lazy loading and install it directly from WordPress. What it will do was, again, allow you to prioritize how different objects load on your page so that you can uh, render a functional web page on a, on a uh, mobile device. Say it has to download through an old 3G or 4G connection. It takes a few seconds to download. This will speed stuff up. Native lazy loading plugin. The drawback, you got another plugin on your website that's you know, <laughs> never that's not necessarily the direction you go. The, the bonus, you don't got to use JavaScript to, uh, to prioritize. Yeah, um, I ran a test on it. it it's, it's great, by the way. Um, it, it only has, I think, three and a half stars last I looked, and that was yesterday, So, but it's a new plugin, so it might have changed since then pretty rapidly. Um, it uses a dip. So for people who've been using Smush or whatever to do their lazy loading or, or coding it directly in or not using WordPress, um, what I had done, I, I was using a plugin to do it on one of our client sites because they had a long page and we wanted to lazy load the images below the fold as they were coming in, which is essentially what lazy loading does. It sort of goes, okay, I'm going to like not load these images on load. I'm going to wait for people to scroll. Um, you know, and if they click your top nav, they never needed to have them. So great. You know, your cost of your site just went down as you were talking about a couple months ago, you were talking about cost of sites. Um, you know, to, to download this one sort of piggybacks off Chrome um, and where Chrome will load and it goes, okay, if a user's using Chrome, Chrome's actually understanding what to do with these. Chrome's understanding because it's the browser, what's below the fold and what's not. A little more exact. Um, I disabled um, the lazy loaded plugin we were using. I installed this one um, and it increased it by 10. But if you're not using lazy loading at all, um, when I compared it with the non-lazy load version, it was 23 page rank speed. Uh, or page speed insights report, it had increased it by 23. So a dramatic increase in page speed, depending on the site, this one's heavy images below the fold. So it was, it was a dramatic change, but um, you know, it, it can have a dramatic impact and it's a googly plugin. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's well-developed why it only has three and a half stars. I don't know unless there's people it's, you know, their pages were already doing okay. And they're like, well, you know, it didn't improve anything. Well, you know, if your pages were doing okay or they're light on images below the fold, then it's not really going to do much. But um, for, for those with heavy images below the fold, if you're not running a lazy loading plugin, um, it's worth giving a shot. If you are running a lazy loading plugin, it's worth a comparison. I'm not going to say it's like going to solve your problem, compare the two, run some tests, not just page speed tests, but actually, you know, go to GT metrics or whatever. Um, you know, give your checks on, on speed and, and see which one uh, performs better and go with that one. Okay, we're down to the last minute. So we can't actually cover any of these other stories, but stuff that you got to watch for out there. Um, there's been a debate in the SEO community, including Danny Sullivan, who is now like Google's sort of like search liaison. So he, you know, kind of has the inside voice on this. Um, Google really doesn't know for sure if that content is accurate or not. It just 
looks at accuracy signals from other sites and, and your site, but it doesn't know that. Um... Anyway, yeah, so that's an important one. The Uber decision in California, making uh, 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 Uber employees, uh, making Uber contractors employees. That's one that people out there ought to be watching. Uh, anything for you, Dave? No, I can hear the music, so. Gotta get going. Gotta get going. Okay, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, recorded live to podcast on the 12th of September, 2019. Stick around, webmasterradio.fm. There is some great content coming up. Special thanks to Brasco and the folks in the studio. You make magic for us every week. Stay safe, stay good. We will talk to you next week, friends. expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.